This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Late Night Drive. I'm your host, Ellie Schnitt. I'm so happy you're here. I hope you had a great week. But if you didn't, then keep listening because you're in the right place. We are going to try to feel better by the end of this episode. Frankly, I have not had my favorite week. (laughs) I've been a little extra, how you say, depressed this week. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the daylight savings thing, which by the way, um, I fully don't believe that daylight savings should exist. I Did you see that the government is like passing a bill to get rid of daylight savings time? So like there won't be a fall backwards or spring. I don't know. It won't happen, so you don't get, like, the time change thing. Frankly, after this year, I'm all in. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, fuck a time change. I'm over it. I'm done. Of course, I also think that time zones shouldn't exist. Like, I... (laughs) I genuinely believe that this is, like, my dumbest opinion, which... Every hot person is allowed to have one, like, sincerely bad opinion, and this is mine. I think that we should all have the same time zone, and you just have to know that, like... Two o'clock here might not look the same as two o'clock somewhere else. You know what I mean? I mean, we would have to be on military time or like, you know, like um, international time. Like we wouldn't be able to do like 2 p.m. You know, it would have to be like, oh, I in no way, shape or form know what that is. Okay, let let me think. 1400 hours, 1500 hours, 12 minus two. (laughs) That's not right. (laughs) I feel like I should know, right? Wait, why am I having a full mental breakdown right now? Okay, think about it. Let's think about this together. Okay, 10 o'clock is 10 o'clock a.m., so 11 o'clock a.m., 12 is like noon, 13 is 1 o'clock, 14 is 2 o'clock. Yeah, (laughs) we got there eventually. That was so much harder than it should be. I'm just not good at math, but you know what? I don't have to be. There's like calculators for a reason. I think it's insane that we even teach math in school. (laughs) Okay, well, anyways, my... Those are my dumb opinions. We shouldn't teach math in school and everyone should be on the same time zone because then if you're doing like international business or whatever, you can be like the meetings at 15 o'clock, 1545 or whatever. And everyone would just know what that was. You wouldn't have to do any time zone math. You wouldn't have to be like, okay, I'm eight hours ahead. So it's this. It's like, listen, if it's the middle of the night, it's the middle of the night. But like, Well, I just I think it would be easier for people like me who can't do simple addition. What was I talking about? Oh, I'm depressed. (laughs) Okay, so I am. I'm I'm pretty depressed. I 
Um, I think I need to increase my antidepressant dose because I just like had a hard week. I think maybe a little bit is is like cyclical. Like, you know how when you're depressed, sometimes you feel like you can't get out of bed, like you're extra fatigued. I was extra tired this week. I couldn't really get out of bed, but I'm pretty sure it's because of daylight savings time. And because of that, then my body was just like, oh, you're also going to be depressed. And I just had a hard time. I like kind of got into like a little depression hole, like I like didn't clean and I like just could barely do anything and just was so tired and um, a little bit of dissociating like that that'll happen to me. Like last night I did a show like I did a a PowerPoint show, which (laughs) I cannot believe I still I can't believe I'm in my like live performance era. But I guess here we are. So I did like a, a PowerPoint show. I could not tell you what happened because I felt like I was watching myself do it. Like I, I felt like I wasn't in my body the whole time I was doing it. I was so out of it. I, yeah, just not fun. But still have to do things even though you're depressed. <laughs> so here I am on the mic. Maybe I'm also a little sad because things completely ended with fucking Sailor Man, which I'm not like that sad about. But it's sad in general when things end because then you realize, oh, you have to start from scratch with something else again. And like that just sucks in general. Um, But yeah, so been having a little bit of a hard time this week. And I think I've been like very hard on myself, which I think is normal. Like, I don't know. It's hard not to be hard on yourself, right? Because I was thinking like, I am not doing my best right now. Like I am not trying my best. But then I was thinking, okay, but I am trying my best because your best is going to look a little bit different day to day. On a day where I'm feeling really good, maybe my best is running four errands and also cleaning up some stuff in my apartment and paying my bills. Like maybe that is my best on a certain day versus maybe Tuesday of this week where my best was literally like I got out of bed and I made a sandwich. (laughs) Like, that was the best I could do that day because, like, and that was genuinely me trying my absolute best. That's all I had in me, but at least I did that. What I try to do when I remind myself of that, like, that your best is going to look a little bit different day to day, I try to, like, push myself a little bit past my best, quote unquote, every day. And whatever that looks like for that day, that's what it looks like that day. Because it makes me feel a little more productive. Because like on Tuesday, for example, I literally was so, I was not well. And I was like, okay, well, I got out of bed. I made a sandwich for lunch instead of ordering in. That's my best. And I was just like, okay, then let's try to just do one more thing one more thing, whatever it is, just try to do that. And so I scheduled a doctor's appointment, like I made a phone call. And that was my best for that day. You know what I mean? Like, that was all I could get myself to like functionally do that day. And that's okay. That's okay. That was my best for that day. Like, I'm trying to just be okay, be a little bit gentler with myself when I'm having a hard time, because I can be so hard on myself. I think that's, that's normal for all of us. Like, we can all be very hard on ourselves because you think, like, we need to be doing a million things all the time because we live in this stupid hustle culture of Kim Kardashian saying, nobody wants to work these days. Get your ass up and work. And it's like, I'm trying my best, Kim. <laughs> okay. Not all of us have personal chefs and nannies and personal trainers. Like, I'm doing my best to do everything that I can, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, not like, my, not like my best week. But I've been loving seeing... Well, first of all, I've been forcing myself to get out of the house and walk. So that's been good. 
because I couldn't, I was like, I can't tell you guys to get out of the house and walk and then not get out of the house and walk. So I've been doing that every day, which genuinely has helped to make me feel like I'm not in a depression hole. But I've been loving seeing all of the um, the walks that you're tagging me in. Like, it's cool seeing where you all live, um, like the different climates and the different like environments. Like, there's city gals, there's country gals. Somebody was in what looked like a national park. Like, I don't know. Uh, there was a beach and I was like, damn, like we're everywhere. Good for us. <laughs> but yeah, I've really been enjoying that. And I bought three midi dresses and they're all very cute and you will be catching me in them all spring. I was like, oh, I feel like I own a cottage and I raise wild rabbits. You know, they come to my door. Perhaps they help me with the chores. Perhaps I give them a carrot for their for their toil. Um <laughs> Which is like my goal in life, you know? I totally have like Rapunzel core. Like that's what I want. Like low key, I I genuinely think I could be happy living in a tower in a beautiful landscape, just like kind of doing little activities. (laughs) Like if truly if I had my phone and like a visitor once in a while, I I would be fine. That sounds like a lovely if I could even do that for a summer, I would do that. Like just disappear into the wilderness, plant flowers cook little rustic meals, make an iced coffee for myself and make friends with wildlife. I just genuinely think I could be happy out there. But whenever you think about doing that, do you ever get a little bit like, there's part of me that is terrified that that's exactly how I would get murdered. Somebody once said like the fear of being alone in the woods or alone in the middle of the ocean or whatever is not necessarily the fear that you're alone. It's the fear that you're not alone. And that scared me so fucking bad. This is so not on any kind of topic, but you know that scene in Moana, you know, she's in the middle of the ocean and she's alone and it's quiet and it's just like her and the ocean and the stars on her little boat and there's nothing around. She can't see anything. I... That's that like scares me so much. Every time I see that scene, I like literally get a pit in my stomach. And it's not because like, obviously, that would probably be nice, like being somewhere and you're completely alone and it's silent. It's just you and this beautiful landscape. But the terrifying thing is like, what if you're not alone? Like, what if there's some monster out there? Like, I don't know. I don't know, but that scene always scares the shit out of me. And it's the same thing with the cabin. I would love to have a little cabin in the middle of nowhere and just like live a little romantic, rustic little life by myself. But what if I'm not alone? What if somebody comes and murders me? Anyway, (laughs) did anybody else like grow up thinking you were going to get murdered? This is my last thing that's off topic before we get into the actual episode. But did anybody else grow up like genuinely thinking you were going to get murdered? Like <laughs> I was like absolutely positive that I was going to get murdered like cuz I watched so many like CSI kind of shows like Cold Case and CSI Miami and oh God, like, all all the shows cuz my parents watched all the shows and I would watch with them as like a very little kid. I was utterly convinced that a serial killer was going to come take me out at some point, like shocked that I made it to adulthood. And still, I think it's my most likely cause of death. Like, I don't want to speak that into the universe, obviously, like, hopefully I die of natural causes at a very old age. But if I don't, I'm like pretty sure like that's what's going to happen because I watch too many of those shows and it it just seems too likely. You ever seen those statistics about serial killers? Like the average person walks past like five serial killers in their life or something. Don't care for that one bit. Uh, Anyway, uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> I hope you guys had a good weekend. I hope, well, if you did anything fun, you should tell me about it. You can always DM me and tell me about that. I really didn't, not to say I didn't have fun this weekend. Um, I actually, I did. Saturday night was really fun. I had lychee martinis, lychee martinis, which is never a good thing for me, by the way. It's my only weakness. Like, I can generally keep myself in check with any, like, when I go to any bar because I'm like, I know what I'm going to drink. I know my limit. Like, I don't want to be fucked up because I don't want to be hungover. You put a lychee martini in front of me. Like, I can't. I can't not drink it. It's so tasty. It's delicious. I can't help myself. I can't. I had like four of them. I woke up the next day. I was like, oh, oh, death has come for me. And maybe that also fucked my week up because I couldn't do anything on Sunday except for try not to die. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that was my weekend update. Guess we had a little bit of uh, therapy talk too because I told you how fucking depressed I am. And that's how the episode is starting, I suppose. But let me tell you what we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about a little bit of body image chat with um, just with spring coming up because we were talking about finding that perfect spring outfit. And I was thinking about how spring means kind of shorter skirts, you know, showing your arms or showing your stomach or whatever. And that can cause a lot of anxiety. So I just wanted to have a quick chat about that. Let's do a little dating app 101, literally for beginners, like the the first thing you should do like this is not for the experts this is for you are just starting out and then a dm about um somebody sent in saying is it possible to be too comfortable with yourself to a point where it's hard to date and i thought that was really interesting so if you're interested in hearing about that let's get into the episode Okay, so body image. Now, I want to tread carefully here because I think body image is a very, um, it can be a tough thing to talk about. It can be triggering in various ways. And it is just kind of a sensitive subject. But I think it's an important thing to just talk about with spring coming up because I get a lot of anxiety once winter ends because I'm like, oh, I've been hiding. Like I can wear pants down to my ankles. I can wear shirts up to my fucking chin, wear giant coats. No one has to know what my body looks like. Like I can hide in the winter a little bit. And there is comfort in that. Like I love spring and summer clothes. I love the colors. I love like a flirty little dress. Like I love it. But I think you're confronted a little bit more with like that everyday you almost have to like radically accept what your body looks like every single day because like it's too hot. It's too goddamn hot to not be wearing shorts or, you know, or not be wearing tank tops. And like you just you you have to do it and it can be so hard. But with all that said, like I kind of wanted to talk about body neutrality. Um, I've talked about this before. I'm not sure if I've talked about it in a lot of detail. And I do want to say this. So body positivity, I feel like a lot of us are familiar with the movement of body positivity, like loving your body radically, like loving your body every single day, waking up in the morning and saying, I love my body. I love the way that I look. Um, I'm obsessed with myself. I am the hottest person in the room. I think that that's wonderful. I think if that is helpful for you, if that really, if that is something that makes you feel really good, absolutely keep doing that. But for me, What I found with the body positivity movement, and this is like kind of a common critique of it, was there's this almost like toxicity around it um, and maybe not even toxicity, but sort of like a, a feeling of shame that would come up because quite frankly, I do not wake up every day and love my body. 
I, I don't like I do not wake up every day and love my body. And with the body positivity movement, like that's not allowed. right? Like you have to. And if you don't, then it's like I feel shame about that. I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Like there's something wrong with me because I can't love my body the way that you're telling me that I have to. And shame is a really, really powerful emotion. And it's something that, frankly, like, I would say, I mean, I'm not an expert by any means, but if I had to guess, I would say shame is the thing that keeps women especially, but people in general, from like fulfilling their full potential. Shame is very powerful. And I was feeling a lot of shame around the fact that I didn't love my body. And that's why the body neutrality movement fit more with with what I needed. So I'm going to give you a, a little definition that <laughs> that I found. Okay, so it's basically the ability to accept and respect your body, even if it isn't the way you'd prefer it to be. It prioritizes the body's function and what the body can do rather than its appearance. You don't have to hate it. You can feel neutral towards it. Now that's um, Anne Poiret, who she wrote about this in her book, The Body Joyful in 2015. You don't have to love or hate it. You can feel neutral towards it. And I don't know why that just like helps me so much. And and don't get me wrong. Certainly there are days I wake up and I'm like, I look banging today. I look great. I love the way I look. I look beautiful. I, you know, my clothes are fitting the way that I want them to fit. Um, I feel strong. I feel capable. I love my body today. There are certainly days I feel that way. But it is by no means every day. And it's honestly not even that often. Most days, the best I can do is say, this is what my body looks like. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. This is what I look like. I look like myself. That's something that my mom always says, that she's like, nobody is expecting you to walk into a room and look like Gigi Hadid all of a sudden. Like, you look like you. And you look in the mirror and you're going to nitpick things about yourself that no one else will ever notice. So when you start feeling yourself doing that, just pull back, look at yourself and say, I look like myself. I look like myself. And that's been helpful for me. So with spring coming up and more of our bodies sort of on display because of the hot weather, I think a lot of those feelings of like self-consciousness start coming up. And what I want to say to you is like, that's okay. That's okay. It's okay if you don't always love the way that you look. But at the same time, I think it's important to just like try to accept and that's okay. I think obviously the ideal is if we all just loved ourselves all the time and loved the way we look. But I just, I don't necessarily think that that's attainable for a lot of people because if you're like deep in that hole of body dysmorphia or just like really not loving yourself and your body, like taking the leap to know I love myself and love the way I look is really is like kind of far versus like taking one step from like hating yourself and into like, I'm okay with what I'm working with right now. Or I'm gonna just radically accept that even if I don't like it, this is what I have right now. This is what I look like right now. This is my body. And, and that's okay. Even if I don't like it, that's okay. I think giving yourself permission to like sometimes feel a little shitty, it's genuinely been helpful for me to like not put this pressure on myself. Because when I put the pressure on myself where I'm like, first of all, not only do I need to look like a supermodel, which I don't, that's like not my body that has never been my body. Like even at, I don't know, even at the most like in shape I've ever been, like I looked like me. Like I, I've had 
you know, fat in certain places or I, you know, I haven't had like the curves that other people have had or, you know, whatever other stuff. Like there's also a secondary pressure to like, there's just like love the way that you look and like flaunt it. And sometimes that's just not possible. Again, if you are a body positivity person and that is genuinely helpful for you and that makes you feel amazing, please keep doing that. It's just something where for me, it makes me feel worse instead of better because I feel like I'm putting this pressure on myself to like be be someone genuinely that I'm not. Like I have never had confidence in the way that I look. I have tried my best. Obviously, we all try our best. But like as a young woman, like you just are constantly being told that what you have is not enough and you don't look good enough. You're not thin enough. You're not pretty enough. You know, your arms aren't toned enough. Your stomach's not flat enough. Your breasts aren't large enough. Your ass isn't curvy enough. Like you're, you know, all these things where like you're already being told you're not enough, but then you're also supposed to, I don't know. It's just this thing where it's too much. It's too much for my silly little brain that's already fighting me to literally get out of bed like there's too much it's too much going on so body neutrality like that's what I'm aiming for this spring I'm aiming to just wake up and accept that my body exists and even if I don't like the way it looks it's okay it's okay I look like myself I look you know I look fine I look okay and also that nobody notices, nobody notices the small things that you notice about yourself that you hate, you know? Okay, like today I woke up and I was like, I feel so puffy and gross and just like, I feel like my skin looks bad and I feel like my face is puffy and I'm just like bloated and squishy and like not feeling my absolute best. But quite frankly, if you asked anyone who's ever met me, they'd be like, you look exactly the same today as you did yesterday. <laughs> And I try to remind myself of that, that I look like myself. Whatever that means, I look like myself. So as spring comes up, if you want to look into body neutrality, I just find it very helpful to have those mantras because ah, it's hard. And I want us all to feel as confident as we possibly can and feel as beautiful as we possibly can. And there is something to be said for having that confidence of like, I am beautiful. I am sexy. I am hot. I am sm smart. I am perfect. I am all these things. There is that. Um, and I, I definitely subscribe to the belief that, you know, what you believe about yourself, you become. But I think when it comes to body image, particularly because so many of us struggle with like dysmorphia and struggle with like just genuinely like this is like really like deep ingrained feeling of inadequacy within ourselves because of like everything we've ever been told since the age of like five on. If you can't quite get yourself to I am incredibly sexy, I love myself, I'm amazing. It's okay if you just take one step forward and say, I accept the way that I look. I'm okay with it. I don't have to love it, but I'm okay with it. This is what I look like. This is who I am. And maybe when you're there, like once you're comfortable at that stepping stone, then you can take the step forward into like, I love myself. I'm amazing. I'm perfect, et cetera. Like, I want you to believe that you're amazing and wonderful and perfect, et cetera. But it's hard. It, it genuinely is. It's hard. Confidence is hard, but when it's confidence tied in with body image in particular, ooh, that voice in your head can be so mean. And if all you can do is neutralize it for now, if that is the only step you can take right now, that is okay. And that's great because feeling neutral towards your body is always going to be better than hating it. Feeling neutral and accepting it 
even if you don't love it, is always better than actively thinking like you look gross and you hate your body. Just like literally accepting that like you look the way that you look and you don't have to like it, but you look how you look. That's a very healthy step forward. And that's a great place to start. So if that's where you are, and that's honestly, guys, like that is where I am. I wish I was at the like, I am a goddess phase. Some mornings I do wake up feeling like that, but it's not consistent enough for me to say like I'm on that step. I'm on the middle step. I'm on the body neutrality step and I'm working on it and it's helping me. Um, And I just wanted to talk about that because, yeah, I guess I, I just don't want you to feel that shame of like, why can't I, why don't I love myself the way that I'm quote unquote supposed to? Literally, whatever your best look like looks like, that's your best. And so, yeah, just like not being gentle with yourself and not judging yourself if all you can say about yourself is like, my body exists and it walks me from room to room. <laughs> just be gentle with yourself. And we're going to have such a great spring and we're going to wear our flirty little outfits. Remind, reminder to keep sending me those because I want to see what your perfect little outfits are. And yeah, if you have any like comments, questions, thoughts, feelings about body neutrality, send them to me. We'll talk about it more. It's, I want this definitely to be an open discussion. And I also think there are fair critiques of body neutrality, just as there are fair critiques of body positivity. And, you know, however you feel is, is definitely valid about that. And I want to talk about it. But, but I'll say that it has genuinely helped me to have a a healthier relationship with my body, which is the goal. At the end of the day, it's the goal. So uh, yeah, of course, send me send me anything you want to talk about with regards to this. We can keep this conversation open. And let's move into our next topic, which is dating app 101. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. Honey Love has revolutionized the bra game. Say goodbye to underwire without sacrificing lift. Honestly, it's time to spring clean your bra drawer. How long has everything been in there? For a limited time, only you can get Honeylove on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash LND. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash LND. Listen, if I am going to wear a bra, it's going to have to be comfortable. And that's why I go for Honeylove. I grew up wearing the most painful bras, and even though I chose some especially bad ones as a teenage girl because I wanted to look a little bit more developed, there weren't any other options at the time that were a lot more comfortable. So that's why I'm really glad the bra game has finally changed. Treat yourself to the best bras on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com LND. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off, honeylove.com slash LND. After you purchase, they ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Honeys, you deserve this. Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Um, so I love therapy. I have always been a huge advocate for therapy. I've been seeing my therapist for gosh, going on six years now. So she's basically like a homie, less of a therapist, more of a pal. Just kidding. She actually is really, really good at her job. And I have benefited immensely from therapy. I literally feel like I wouldn't be the woman that I am today if I didn't 
have therapy as a resource I think it's so good to help you work through not only like your daily problems and you know your work issues or your friend issues your relationship issues but also like work through things that have been patterns in your life that maybe you've identified but don't really know how to fix or things like phobias anxieties things that you feel like you have a lack of control over therapy can be really helpful in making you feel like you do actually have control because you have more control than you think that you do but I know that it is not easy for everybody to access therapy and that's why I love today's sponsor BetterHelp because uh, I mean there are states in America even where there's like two therapists that take insurance you know like it's really really important to have access to mental health and not everybody does and BetterHelp makes it super super easy if you're thinking of starting therapy give it a try it is entirely online it's designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge so get it off your chest whatever it is with BetterHelp <laughs> visit betterhelp.com slash lnd today to get 10% off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash lnd sip me up like lemonade we both know it's bittersweet Dating app 101 dating apps for beginners dating apps for dummies as it were dating apps for baby's first <laughs> dating app tip. Honestly, if you're like a dating app expert, if you're somebody who's like been on these apps as many of us have been, I feel like maybe you could take this even as like a reset, like as a let me just like reset what I'm doing on these apps because this is genuinely what I think is going to get you the absolute best results on an app. And I think it has to do with completely reframing what we're using these apps for. I mean, okay, listen, this is specifically for people who are actually looking for a relationship. If you just want some like free fun attention, keep doing what you're doing, have fun with it. I, I'm not fucking judging you. I do this shit all the time. Um, <laughs> there's nothing that's more fun than like swiping on Tinder and being like, yes, look how many people are attracted to me. <laughs> or even just like having a dumb flirty conversation with some guy, you know, like or whoever. Like it's, it's fun. Like I'm not judging you for that at all. Like go for it. But if you want a relationship, the best advice I can give you is get off the fucking app as soon as you goddamn can. Literally, if the person who is messaging you has not asked you to meet up IRL within the first like four messages, it's a done deal or like you should ask. Like if somebody, okay, you match with someone, right? You think that they're cute. They send you a message. They're like, sup, or I don't know, whatever. They say something that makes you want to respond. If they have not then somehow found a way to like move the conversation into a place where they're saying, how about we get drinks at this place? How about we have coffee here? What about brunch at this dinner here? Whatever. If they have not found a way to move that conversation that way, A, you should do it. You should say like, well, let's get drinks on Tuesday or whatever. But if not, like stop talking to them. Like You do not want a fucking pen pal. You don't want a pen pal. And I feel like the longer you talk to somebody like through the app, the more likely it is that you are never actually going to meet up with them. Because I, what I genuinely feel is that like a first date can be such a 
it's scary. I'll say this. It's scary to put yourself out there in that way. And it's scary to like meet essentially a stranger that you don't know that much about. Obviously, dating men is scary in general. Like he could be a fucking crazy person. But generally speaking, if you're meeting in like a public place, you're going to be okay. Um, (laughs) You know, be safe, be smart. But like if you're going to Starbucks in Midtown, like you're going to be okay. (laughs) But I think there's something so to be said for like not getting to know someone too much on an app and really trying your best to get to know them in person. Because if you're texting them like every day for a week before you ever meet them in person, it's like you kind of like did your first date on the phone, kind of. It's like you don't have that like, okay, like tell me about your family or where are you from? Like these sort of like easy questions that lead into deeper questions or like lead into bits or or funny things or like cute moments. Like you're kind of losing that because you're spending that time on the phone instead. And I know that like, A, it can feel like a security blanket kind of thing. Like you're more comfortable talking to somebody over the phone. I totally as an anxious person, I do get that. And sometimes when I am walking to like meet somebody for a date, I'm like, oh my God, I this person could be a fucking crazy person. Like, I don't know anything about this guy. But I think like that's what it should be in a sense. I feel like you want that element of like surprise and nervousness on a first date because it gives you that edge of like, It gives you that little bit of butterfly that's like, oh, shit, like this could be someone. And also, the longer that you're like kind of texting or messaging on the app or whatever, the more you are coming up with somebody in your brain that this person is that may not be at all who they are. Like the more that you're like talking to them over the phone and not actually with them face to face, the more you've created this person um, who is showing you like maybe the best of them over the phone, but that's like not really how they are in person. And like, you might end up in a situation where like after all this time that you've invested talking to this person, you finally meet them and you're like, oh, oh no. Oh, oh no. I am not interested in this at all. Like the vibes are off or maybe you're just like fully not attracted to them in person or maybe they're less funny or, you know, they're there's something they're, they're actually kind of mean and you thought all their like sarcastic messages were sarcastic and really they're he was like being a dick. Like there's so much you just cannot tell over the phone that you can tell right away in person, which is why people to, like talk down on dating apps a little bit. And I don't think it's wrong to like be using dating apps. I think dating apps are an incredible tool to meet somebody. But the thing is, you have to just fucking meet them. You have to just go on the date. Like you have to be the person that's like, let's just go because you don't want to waste your time having this like pen pal for like a month and then actually meeting them. And what if you hate them? And the thing about going on a date right away is like, what if you hate them? But you know what? You haven't invested any time in it. You've known them for like 12 hours or whatever, you know, like (laughs) you haven't invested any time in this. You're not wasting any time. You're actually doing the opposite of wasting time. Like you are respecting your own time because you're like, I'm only going to invest in this person if I think there's a connection here. And really, I'm sorry, the only way you genuinely know if there's a connection is if you meet them face to face. There is so much to be said for like just the chemistry of two people meeting face to face that cannot be done even over FaceTime. I mean, FaceTime is It's a good way to start if you're like really if you are too nervous to kind of meet them in person before talking to them. But because at least you get to see like how they're delivering things and their facial expressions and and maybe if you're attracted to them or whatever. But I just I believe in just going on the date. 
Because if you hate them, I mean, it's like, what's the worst case scenario? You don't like them and you don't see them again. Obviously, like dating, there's always going to be a risk because full offense men are insane. Um, (laughs) And there is something scary about that. But like, you know, make sure your friends know where you are and, you know, get that block button ready in case you have to. But like most people, you know, understand that dating is like kind of a zero sum game. Like you go on the dates and you like them or you don't. Like those are kind of the the choices. Like you like them or you don't. Everyone is in like a social contract when it comes to dating where we understand that when we're dating, someone is either going to like us or they're not. It's either forever or it's down in flames as Miss Taylor Swift said. And so I think just cutting out some of that like waste of time in the middle where you're texting them every day when you don't even know them. Also, like, I don't, (laughs) I never like to do that because like, if I don't know you, I don't actually give a shit what you're doing every day. (laughs) Like, is that harsh? Is that rude? I don't know. Like when guys are like texting me off dating app, like every day, I'm like, I don't, (laughs) we're strangers. When I meet you and if I like you, then I'll want to keep talking to you. But at this point, I have no idea. I could actually hate you. So why are we talking this much? Like, I I don't know. Like, obviously, you want to know they're not like a crazy person because people are. But like, I don't know. I think I think just go on the date. Go on the date. That's dating app 101. Get that date asked within four messages. Get it done. Within at least, yeah, four messages, because like, I don't want to say the first day because like you, you don't know how long people go between checking their app or whatever. But like within the first four messages, whatever that is, if the conversation hasn't steered to like meeting up IRL, you know what? I'm sorry. It's just not worth it. Because also probably that person, if they're not like serious about actually meeting up, they're probably not serious about dating. And again, this is about if you are a person who's actually looking for a relationship, you want you want a person who's like like focused and like is trying to genuinely find someone is like trying to like actually meet someone and not just like find somebody to waste some time with or get attention from or maybe just like hook up with and never see again. Like you want someone who's like interested in actually meeting up and is like willing to like make the effort to make that happen because if not like what are you doing like you just you have somebody god I mean you know how many people I know have like uh, Jack Hinge Jake Hinge (laughs) Mike Hinge Matt Hinge like all their contacts are all these people that they texted for like a month and never ever met up with because like the moment sort of passed and I was like what was the point of that whole thing what a waste of time like folks we do not have time to waste we're busy (laughs) We are busy. We're important. And we respect our time and we're not going to waste it fucking, I don't know, saying, oh, how was your day to someone that we've literally never met? Like, why why are we doing that? So that's my dating app 101. Like, if you hear nothing else, if you're looking for a relationship, you better be going on the date. Just go. Between us, like, have your location on so that your friends can see where you are. Make sure you have a, a trusted friend who knows who you're with and where you are, where you're going. Because safety is important. But other than that, go on the date, have fun. And if you hate him, you you hate him. <laughs> and if you like him, then you know that you can keep moving forward. Truly, like, it's it's kind of a win-win. If you don't like him, you can find someone else. If you do like him, then maybe you have found someone. Like, there is a lot to be said for 
the power of dating apps and how great they can be. But the best thing they do is like get people together and they can't get people together if you don't actually meet up. So fucking just go on the date. Go on the date. I'm gonna say one more time. Go on the date. Maybe that'll be the episode title. Go on the date. Like I've been messaging this guy (laughs) on Raya for a minute and I don't think it's it's gonna gonna happen because it's he hasn't actually made the move to be like, hey, we should then meet up. I thought he was going to because he was like, hey, what's your favorite Mexican spot in the city? And I was like, oh, here's what it is. And I thought he was going to be like, all right, let's go there. Eight o'clock Tuesday. And I would have been like, hell yeah. Um, but he didn't. <laughs> so I feel like it's not going to happen. And so I think I'm going to move on to talking to somebody else um, because I practice what I preach, baby. <laughs> Um, but that is my dating app 101 for beginners and for anyone. If you need a reset, if you are tired of the games and the dumb shit, as most of us are, are, we're tired of the dumb shit. And it goes for anybody, like no matter who you're dating, like make sure you're getting that date done. And especially for the guys listening to this, like that's the best advice I can give you is like, just ask, ask someone on a date, have a plan, like have your favorite spots and be ready to be like, meet me at La Superior at eight o'clock on Tuesday. And if she says, hell yes, see you there. She says, hell yes, see you there. If she never responds, then you have your answer. If she says, I can't do it that night. How about this night? You have another answer. Like, just ask because nothing can be gained from not asking and everything can be gained from asking. And that's that on that. Let's get into our last topic, which is this DM that got sent to me. So yeah, let's get into that. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Okay, this person says, everyone says the cliche, you have to date yourself first or you need to love yourself before anyone else can love you, which, yeah, true. But is it possible that you've dated yourself for too long, causing yourself to be too independent and forcing potential partners out of your life before you even give them the opportunity to explore them? Like, what if you become too comfortable dating yourself that you don't allow yourself to date anyone? I really loved this DM because, like, if I'm just being utterly completely and totally honest I worry about this sometimes I guess like I do worry about the fact that I like love my own company and I love my space and I'm very comfortable on my own and honestly it's hard to even like meet a man that I think is I guess good enough but really like that I think fits into my life after like I've created this life But I think what it's important to remember with like this kind of question is when you think about dating, when you think about meeting somebody, how are you perceiving that? Like, what do you what's your image of like a relationship? Because I think so often it's this thing where we think a relationship completes us like we are a puzzle with a missing piece or, you know, if you're in a relationship, you're two peas in a pea pod. When really what a relationship should be is, this is the metaphor I like to use. It's like 
I am an island. I have this gorgeous island. I've made it exactly the way that I like it. It's my island. And my partner has their island and it's their gorgeous island and it's their life the way they love it. And together we have an island that we both live on together. That's our island. We spend time on that island together. We make a life together there, equally sharing and creating that life. But we still have our islands that we can go to when we need to, when we're doing work or when we're with our friends. We have our islands, but we also have our island. When you're dating, It's not about like who's going to complete your life in this way because your life is complete. You are enough just as you. You are fine without a partner, without a romantic relationship. You are enough. The idea is that somebody is like adding to your life in a certain way. It's not completing your life. They're bringing something to the table that is making it the island you share together, more beautiful, more functional, more cohesive, more fun. Like you're picking somebody, not that like fills an empty hole in your heart. You don't have that. You're picking somebody that is going to add and contribute to your life to make it better. So I don't actually think it's possible to become too independent or too um, happy and content on your own. Because I think it's such a good thing to be able to stand on your own. I think knowing who you are without a partner is actually what makes a good relationship because you might not lose yourself so much in a relationship. And sometimes you still do. Like, I'm I'm not going to act like I've never lost myself in a relationship, even though I'm comfortable with myself and I know who I am. But like, I just think when it comes to your partner, your person, your you know, your spouse, the person you maybe want to spend the rest of your life with. I, I, I think the attitude is not, I can't live without you. It's, I could live without you, but I don't want to. I never want to, you know? I, I think so often when we talk about love and we talk about romance, it's this like, I would die for you. I would like lose my mind without you. And that's very romantic and very passionate. But the truth is like that smacks of codependency. <laughs> <laughs> to me. And I I just feel like we, there's a way to really love your, your partner while loving yourself just as much and like giving yourself space and respect just as much. So, so no, I mean, I think there's, there's a question in there about like mm, becoming too independent. Like I think sometimes with women in particular, it can be, this is like, there's like a statistic that women who are like more independent or something like, it's like women who like have high power jobs or something or who are more, who pursue higher education or who pursue high power jobs or whatever, um, sometimes have more trouble finding partners because like they are happier without, (laughs) without them. And that's a fear that I get sometimes where I'm like, well, what if, like, what if, no man is ever good enough for me. The thing is like, if no man is ever good enough for me, then no man is ever good enough for me. But I think if you know that you want a partner who's bringing as much to the table as you are in their own way, like it doesn't have to be like, I have a high power job, so you have to have a high power job. I do this, so you have to do that. It's more just like we are both bringing our equal skill, like our things that are amazing about us to the island and we're making the island a better place, you know? And that's what you want. So be independent. Stand on your own and love yourself and be this like whole and complete person without another person. Because the better that you are on your own, the better you can be with somebody else. Like the more that you're able to 
create a beautiful life with somebody because you have an image in your head of what that beautiful life looks like. I think my parents, for example, have been married. Oh, today is their 32nd wedding anniversary, but they've been together for, it'll be 40 years next spring. Isn't that crazy? Um, <laughs> they've been together since they were 19 years old. Honestly, that fucks me up. Like, <laughs> people talk about how divorce fucks up their idea of relationships. Um, How about parents who are, like, disgustingly in love with each other? Like, what am I supposed to, I, <laughs> my parents were married by the time they, you know, they were my age. They had, we're starting to have kids. Like, <laughs> that's intimidating. I feel like a loser. But anyway, my parents have been married for that long. The thing about them is like, I know that they're both like, they both have their own friends and their own interests and their own ideas of like what they do and what they care about and what they think about. But they come together and they've created this really beautiful life together because they're partners, they're equal partners. My mom didn't give anything up to like be with my dad and vice versa. Like they both brought certain things to the table and they've really created a beautiful life together. And I think that that's what's made their marriage so strong is like they know how to stand on their own, but they don't want to. They want to be with each other. They're each other's favorite person. They're each other's best friend. And that's really what it's about, right? That's something I, I, I don't know that I really understood before I was before my last relationship because I the idea of like having a partner and not just like a boyfriend like there is such a difference in those two things like a relationship genuinely should be two people who are a hundred percent giving each other that equal 100 percent you know your relationship should be 200 percent you know, um, or I guess you could say 50 50, like whatever, if you want to like reduce the fraction, but like <laughs> you should be giving, you know, the same amount of effort to each other that should equal 100% or whatever. And sometimes you're going to have to like help your partner a little bit or they'll have to help you. But for the most part, like it really should be like this equal thing where you're contributing equally. And I definitely found in my last relationship, and there's many reasons for this, obviously, but like I felt like. I was losing who I was because I was giving so much of myself to the relationship because I had to, because in order for it to be 100%, I had to give 80 and like I was dying inside. Like you don't want that. You want two equal partners. And so I wouldn't worry about becoming too independent because independence is a beautiful quality. Independence and strength and knowing who you are and being okay standing on your own. Those are beautiful, beautiful qualities. and. You know, there are a lot of insecure people out there that are uncomfortable watching someone who's able to stand on their own. And you know what? I understand that, but you don't want to date those people. You don't want to marry those people. You want to date and marry people who are proud that that's who you are and are excited that you have those qualities and are attracted by those things and and think that that's something that makes you extra special like that's what we're looking for that's what we want at the end of the day you don't want somebody who's going to feel insecure because you're confident who's going to feel insecure because you are you love you know you've dated yourself and you are content on your own and there are people who try to tear that down and try to make you feel like that's that's wrong in some way because they're insecure but like fuck those people fuck those people you want somebody who is proud of you for standing on your own two feet and is excited by your strength and impressed by your resilience and 
loves the island that you created, but also respects that it's your island. You feel me? I think that what really makes a good relationship grow is the perfect balance of attention and space. It's like you're, you're um, like a plant, you know? If you overwater a plant, it's going to die just as easily as if you don't water it at all. You have to like find the right balance and then the plant will thrive. And that's like a relationship as well. And so you need to be able to stand on your own in a way because if you can't and you like smother that little relationship plant, it's going to die. So I definitely don't think it's possible to be too independent. And if anybody is making you feel that way, um, fuck them, cut them off. They're not good enough. Like <laughs> you're doing amazing is, is the whole point of it. You're doing, you're doing really amazing. And what we should all strive for is that ability to stand on our own and be independent and finding partners who want that too and are excited by that too. Frankly, if I could have a house husband, I absolutely would. Like <laughs> if I could just like have a man <laughs> that I come home to and he's made dinner and cleaned the house and looked after the children, <laughs> I would absolutely do that. But I don't know if there's any men out there who are secure enough in themselves to do that. So you win some, you lose some. Anyway, that is all I really had to say about that. And that's actually kind of our episode, Cutie Pies. Um, I am really happy that you joined us today. And thank you, by the way, for the response to the last episode. I'm really glad you liked it. Next week, we're going to have a special guest. So keep on the lookout. I'll be posting on Instagram asking if you have questions for them. And if you like this podcast, I would appreciate if you could leave us a little review. Uh, I would really appreciate if you could... I don't know if I had any ads this week, but if I did, <laughs> um, if you could, you know, use those links, I really, really appreciate that. If you like Taylor Swift and you want to listen to a Taylor Swift podcast, I do one with Spotify. Um, there's a live show I do every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern time called Taylor Talk. And if you miss an episode, you can also listen. It'll be on the Spotify app uh, every Thursday morning as well. Just search Taylor Talk in the app. Oh, our song of the week this week is Emotional Girls by Sawyer. And I just felt, I don't know, this song hit me in, in some type of way and I thought you would enjoy it. So that's our little song of the week. I am making, putting together a playlist um, of all of our song of the weeks that you can listen to on your flirty little walks. But yeah, keep tagging me in those flirty little walks. I love you guys so, so, so much. I hope if you didn't have a good week that this week is amazing. And also if you did have a good week, I hope your weeks continue to be amazing. Um, I appreciate your support so much. I love you so, 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 so much. <laughs> and as always, have a good day. Have a good night wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I hope it's a good one. And I'll catch you on our next late night drive. Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. <laughs> Visit BetterHelp.com slash LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-N-D.